doing the lottery thing mm-hmm. to get that hit. Well, it will be interesting to see how the people that grew up with that system of reward. Yeah. How they're going to stay employed. <laughs> they're going to become video they're, game streamers. They're going to have to get paid every Friday. How they're going <laughs> to... You can have ten loot boxes and your paychecks in one of them. Yes. Um, the, uh, I mean, I would take that. I'm, I'm cool. not saying this to sound demeaning. I'm just saying this is like how this will literally because this is a system that's worked in their brain, mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh well, how will you stay employed? How will you stay in long term relationships? How will you raise the next generation? And so it just becomes this. Well, I think interesting. There's room, there's room there to have like an ethical way of handling it. But I, I mean, we've talked about this. I think it would be if workplaces were smart, they wouldn't start like gamifying work almost. Oh, yeah. And like, they'll be at the point where they can track all the metrics. <laughs> Here it goes. Stuff. Here what? it comes. What? Wade's the big gonna, boss. You're going to trigger Tim. Wade's the big boss. <laughs> I'm not a Let's boss. Let's see. <laughs> I don't have any employees. <laughs> but I mean, like, think like their brains are wired that way. It's like, okay, here's like the things I need to accomplish. And I get, you know, this raise. And it's like, cool. Well, you go do the thing. Right. It's all spelt out for them. Kind of seems disingenuous a little bit. Is it? I mean, is there anything more disingenuous than the American work system oh, circa 1900 oh, post-industrialization? I'm sad I said that. <laughs> Boom. Here we go. <laughs> I had a couple people message me, why did you cut out your political rant? But like, I was like, I, we don't want to get completely removed off YouTube. <laughs> right. So probably, I mean, probably can't Try not to get back. Tr- well... Sometimes trying we, not to we skirted back. the line there more than any other time. Oh boy, are we in this now? Are we recording? I mean, y'all have any more like existential rants to go on? Existential, I threw that word in earlier. Have you uh, ever read any of uh, <laughs> Soren Kierkegaard? Yeah, okay. We were talking about Soren Kierkegaard, and Wade gave me that look of like, Who the hell are you talking about? I know I had heard that name from a certain individual, yeah. He came I, in the store I, one time. I filled tried to lowball me on a <laughs> on a vortex uh, uh, scope. Told him to get the hell out of my store. It's so funny because that's always any anytime anybody picks up like uh, like there's some people who will message me because I post a lot of books and the second they go for like any Russian literature or like Nietzsche or uh, Camus or any of those people, I'm just like as soon as you finish that, read Kierkegaard. Yep, but. It's not really on my reading list. Yeah, <laughs> you can watch you can watch YouTube lectures on it. I mean, oh yeah, I've listened to a few, barely getting into it, but I'm just like on the philosophy ones. There's some good like '80s like lectures. Like it's like it's just like super academic, you know. Right. Those are fun to watch. Nerds, total nerds. Moving on, <laughs> I want to talk about so. Do you know what we're terrible at podcasting? It was like what Wait, episode was it? Is anybody on? is anybody good at podcasting? Valid point. Valid point. Uh, do you remember what episode Tim was on last? It was a previous one. It was a previous <laughs> one. What a great answer! Sorry, in yeah, a galaxy yeah. far, far away. It's gonna be. I'm, I'm like completely lost all my muscle memory for changing the cameras because we haven't had anybody on in a while. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. Uh, are you sure you're good? No, not at all. All right. So, so we anyways, we're going to move on. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, 
If you haven't seen the previous podcast with uh, Sir Tim Spike Davis over here, I suggest going back and listen to it. It's great. It's hilarious. I, let, I really listen to it because obviously we want to be kind of prepared for this one. How long ago was that? It was last, last year. year. Wasn't it? I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that far away. No, it was... It was probably uh, way expected. December, January? Oh, wow. <laughs> Somewhere around there? Uh... Tim Spike Davis regaled us with lots of great tales and stories, and we're going to pick up where we left off, kind of. Yeah. Uh, before we get into that... Episode 45. Oh, look at oh, us. Man. February 15th. <laughs> and what episode is this going to be? 76? Dang, y'all Something been like busy since I've been gone. One a week. Episode every week. Got to do it. Got to get them out. Yeah, yeah. Just I, I was thinking about that this week. I'm actually kind of upset because I've done it every week for like almost two years. What makes you upset about sticking with something? I just feel like there should just be like a week where I don't. Don't do that. <laughs> Life coaching. What, is, what the what the fuck? Yeah, this is the <laughs> split right here. No, it's like uh, I don't want to be. I don't want to be shackled. I'm doing so good. No, I don't want to be shackled by the change and expectations of having to do it every week. Wow. Oh my fucking god! Like it make it, it like implies I have no autonomy. Ah. Uh. What's wrong with you? Send it to me and I'll post it for you. And then you can like you can take this ground to defiance. Like I didn't do it. No, there just has to be like there's just nothing. You're an awful human being. Yeah, there you go. I do, there are people who actually care about it, and so that I mean I think that that's kind of like motivation to not do that. You should, yeah. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> totally different generation. Yeah, I was like, okay, no. <laughs> Why would you feel that way? What do you mean? You're a very defiant child. Yeah, I like freedom. What about it? Oh, Jesus Christ. Here we go. Uh, discipline equals, equals freedom. Thank you. Yeah, I had 76 weeks of discipline. So one week of freedom. Jesus Christ. Anyways, moving on. You don't have to do that. <laughs> Just saying. Uh... Tim went dove hunting for the first time this morning. Very first time, and it was yeah. very slow. Yeah, and I, I'm going to tell you, you know. Uh, Tim's uh, one of them high-floating people that likes to run the over and under shotgun. I'm going to tell you, you know, there's a scripture that came to mind this morning. Uh, bad company corrupts good morals. <laughs> and there are certain things in my life I have said I would never cross. Certain lines I would never cross in my life. And Wade, I hadn't been in Texas 48 hours, and Wade has already forced <laughs> me to cross this line, I have all my life while hunting have vowed to never <laughs> even touch, let alone shoot an over-under. I think <laughs> most human beings I've ever met that own and shoot over-unders are usually bankers, <laughs> lawyers, doctors, people that if I was driving down a country road and I saw a bunch of guys with over-unders, I would either hit them with a mud puddle or just keep on driving because they wouldn't want to talk to me and I wouldn't want to talk to them. And um, I, my whole family tree, it was always side-by-sides. <laughs> we ran, we ran uh, coon dogs, drank moonshine, and had a rusty old side-by-side. <laughs> and uh, we got dove hunting this morning and weighed of all the guns he has in all of his possession forces me this... Uh, delicately engraved oh, over yes. under <laughs> that 
It's not that kind I mean, of fancy. the minute I held it, I wanted to like foreclose on somebody's property. <laughs> I'm a lord uh, now. <laughs> I wanted to yell uh, objection. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to um, remove somebody's spleen, or I don't know. I didn't I just, know this shotgun brought on this many emotions. It just—it really. My ancestors. <laughs> I'm gonna be apologizing to them for the rest of my life. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. They're like. The man who foreclosed on our whole shack in West Virginia had us uh, over under. <laughs> you ungrateful I, little. I never, never would have dreamed that had been a thing. It's really like, I mean, you could have like taken me to like the local <clears throat> strip club or bar or something. And I'd have been like, well, wait, that just, you know, whatever, you know. But the over under, just like really my wife's going to just be like, oh, my God. I don't think you're going to Texas ever again, honey. Yeah. Be Easy. holding everything with your pinky out now. Using the tool of the bourgeoisie to kill the bird of peace. That's exactly. That's... <laughs> well, I assured him that mine wasn't that that type of over and under. <laughs> it's kind of cheap. <laughs> yeah, the cheap version. Yes, which is still like uh, two thirds more expensive than my most expensive rifle. I own. You know, I should have gotten you Brooks. <laughs> it looks, you. Here's the funny part. Okay, mine's a CZ Red Mallard. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Brooks is a Yildiz something out of some turkey thing, I'm sure, that some company in Texas imported. Blah, 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 blah. It's $400 over and under. They look identical. Wow. I mean, down to the gra- engravings yeah. and everything. They shoot the same. They feel the same. Yeah. They look like the same damn gun. Yeah. So. There you go. Uh, so you're, what you're saying is you would really like to get an over and under. <laughs> Well, and I shot like crap, so I'm just 100% blaming on the it's over-under. It's and always the gun's fault. It's I don't always. know if you've been listening to the last part. It's, uh, I, mean, I mean, I just want to say, how many battles have you ever seen fought with an over-under? Like, you know, they ran into trenches with an over-under. Um, is that the, the gun of choice for me if I was going into battle? Well, although a shotgun wouldn't be regardless, but... Uh, you don't feel cool when you like open the breach and they go. Psh. That's what I like about it. <laughs> I, I do, but again, it doesn't overcompensate for the just the like. I should have had a pair of plaid pants on. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Plaid like, pants. On. We talked about this last year and uh, <laughs> getting me a full get up for opening day. We just uh, didn't follow through on it. <laughs> what's that? That golfer meme where that's the guy with the yeah the cigar yep. and the, yeah that's dress up like that guy and have yourself an over under. Hell yeah! I'm about I think that they life. should have done that. Uh, whatever that uh, camo ghetto uh, pattern you have on that oh, one yeah, yeah. on an over under, then I probably would have felt a little <laughs> bit better about it. You can do it to mine if you want to. Okay, <laughs> I'll get you the spray paint. I don't yeah, give a shit. Yeah, that'd be hilarious to show up on opening day with all these fancy people and. Hell yeah! I'm about that life. You. My shotgun is your canvas. You just do it up however you want. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I don't give a shit. It's shotgun. It's gun. Yeah. Oh. So, I mean. Did you guys do real dove hunting? Real dove. Did you put the stalk on them? We did walk around the field because it was slow as shit. I mean, slow. I mean, like a couple of birds standing on the field. So, we walked around the, the sunflower patch. Uh, I don't know. I still had fun. We yeah. lost, lost a few. It's new. Got to, got to shoot it plenty. Yeah. But it was, you know, relatively speaking, a slow shot. But yeah. 
Nice weather, though. I will say that. Yeah. Beautiful morning. Good times. Tim killed a few. Yeah. I he's, outshot. Uh, he's a big time bird hunter now. Brandon? Yeah. Did I outshot Brandon? That's all that matters. Is that That's I not really saying much, but yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Brandon is literally the person in your photo you drew. Oh, <laughs> he okay. Will go, like, I thought I was bad. Yeah. Like I said, my my theory is when I lack in uh, ability to shoot a shotgun at birds, I make up for putting more lead in there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but Brandon puts me to shame. Like it's, he uh, burns down some shells. Accuracy, my volume. Yes, yes. Quantity over quality. That's what I tell people. Like I figured this out. Like uh, I run the most open choke. Yeah. Six shot. That way, uh, and I put them all in there at one time. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's how I did it when I was hunting with Tori down in Arkansas, and I was using his Apex, and I was burning through so much Apex. Ooh, and that that's guy some, had that's to, some costly Yeah, he shots was like, right going to have to go to the bank and get a mortgage. Uh, that's, wow, I can't imagine what that shit costs now. I don't know. Do you know what it is now? Like, back before COVID and, like, all the price increases, yeah. it was, uh, it's like, $15 a shot. Yeah. That's... It's just another reason why I kind of got out of running shotguns for predators and just like the stuff that works really good yeah. is really goddamn expensive. Oh yeah, no, and I and I know how to unload a pump action <laughs> super fast. Yeah. Mine's like almost like you know yeah. MG forty two. I can sit there Hitler zipper just zoom and Tori's counting the numbers over yeah. there and not even hit a single coyote. <laughs> not even close. And oh yeah, yeah. there was forty five dollars of misses. I remember when. Uh, Heavy shot first came out. It was like the first coyote specific uh, tungsten load. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, that's $5 a shot. Yeah. And nowadays, uh, the serious shotgunners, they're just like, that's cheap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember Which, my dad having an aneurysm when gas was 75 cents a gallon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I was trying to think the other day what it was when I first started driving out. And I want to say it was about a dollar. Yeah. That's him here. That's about a dollar. But I remember, my, like, as a kid, just hearing my dad cussing up a storm. Oh, my God, 75 cents again. <laughs> yeah. It was like, uh, but, yeah, it's just crazy how you look at ammo and stuff and same thing, which I'm usually grateful because I'm usually shooting somebody else's <laughs> somebody else's gun, somebody else's ammo. So. I mean, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, it's, you know, hey, you know, you're going to be a mooch. Go all commit to it, you know. <laughs> you know fully commit to the Fully fork. commit to the mooch. The, uh. I don't know. I mean, nowadays, unless I was going hunt, like I, you know, we talked about the other day, uh, shotgun hunting. The only reason why I really got into it was because of out of necessity to gain more land because of mm-hmm. you know uh, core property and all that stuff. But man, nowadays, even if I was still going to run a shotgun predator hunt, I'd still, I, you know, if I was still pretty serious about shotgun hunting, I'd probably be running Apex. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's freaking expensive, but it's also that's what people don't understand about tungsten shot. When you do hit the coyote, I don't care if you hit the pinky toe, it usually plants some bitch. Oh, yeah. Tungsten's so much more dense than lead. Oh yeah. No, I mean it's it's amazing stuff. I don't ever told you the story. I was such a I was so embarrassed. <laughs> it was like massive jackass moments where I was just like, so uh Tori uh told me, Oh, you gotta touch base with these guys with Apex. Great mm-hmm. guys, friendly and can't remember if he gave me their number or just met through social media, but connected him. Tori was like, "Hey, you know, drums, cartoons. Maybe they'll throw some stuff at you, whatever." And I've never been the person. I'm just gonna give you some cartoons if you like them. Right. I'm not sitting there to like, you know. Yeah. Where's mine? Yeah. What, what you got for me? You yeah. know. Um, 
I honestly rarely ever put that much value on my stuff, you know. But um, so I drew up some Apex cartoons, and and Tori was encouraging me. And again, I'm looking back now. Maybe Tori's putting me up to something. <laughs> Let's see. And he's probably getting a good laugh and knowing that he. Uh, right. But uh, you know, and so then uh, these guys loved it. They're like, "Oh, that's awesome! It's cool." And are you coming to NWTF? It's the big yeah. thing in Nashville. And I say, "I'll be there." Oh man, come by our booth, man. We'll, We'll check you out, you know. I never want to be the guy who's like, hey, man, I'm, I'm the cartoonist, you know. Like, yeah. Because most of the employees would be like, what? <laughs> that, that's backfired. I've had that happen, and it's backfired where it's so embarrassing. But it's another story about in Vegas. I tried to pull that off, and it, it my wife and her friend were crying laughing for the next week. But, oh, yeah, big freaking cartoonist. But uh, so NWTF out there and uh, – I have to booth. don't see the guy that I was supposed to connect with, but I was just like, hey, I talked to one of the guys. Like, I'd, I'm going turkey hunting in the spring. I'd like to buy a box of shells. And there's literally guys crowding around, and it's like one of those things for the tickle me ammo, like people are shoving. And so I'm just like, um, and the guys asked me the specs on what I need. And I was like, oh, okay, I just need that. And, and he's like, credit card or cash the credit card. And gives me one box. <laughs> How many's in this box? Five. I know what you're about to say. <laughs> I wish I'd had some. Was there uh, some sticker shock? <laughs> depends on it that moment. I literally about crap myself. I was like, $78. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's the whole thing about patterning in the shotgun. Like, yeah. Oh, these are getting yeah. never patterned in. Like. <laughs> These better be five fucking turkeys. <laughs> oh, I mean, 78. Yeah, that's expensive. Uh, and there was no, like, I was already committed. I literally had my card out, and the guy was, <laughs> there was no, hey, can I get back to you on that one? Can I just uh, buy one? Can I circle around a few times? Think about that. <laughs> Your wife's like, put that back. Oh. oh, no, I immediately text my wife, and it was like, um... <laughs> Some serious purchase regret here, baby doll. And, and I, good, my wife was nothing but super cool. I mean, she got, she laughed her guts off, but yeah. she was thought it was hilarious. <laughs> but she's like, she did say, "You better kill five turkeys." Fuck that, <laughs> yeah, ten. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you better lock them bitches. I up. mean, I was tempted to go to the grocery store and just get a bunch of fake, you know, just some store bought turkeys and come home. Like, honey, look, man, one shot. Yeah, yeah it pays off. for itself, yeah. baby. Paid for itself, and uh, but yeah, no, that was um, that was a serious eye opener for me. And, oh, and needless to say, I didn't purchase anything the rest of the day. <laughs> and and WTF? I was just like, I was really wanting that. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't got no money. I maxed out on my credit card. <laughs> and again, like I said, but on the flip side of that, uh, to to attest to the uh, the lethality of. Mm -hmm. Apex uh, had a crazy uh, story where basically Tori and I hunting one time down in Arkansas and we'd finished up a stand. We'd had a coyote come in this, you know, he calls the bullshit and briars, just mm -hmm. thick stuff. I mean, it's just crazy to think like, it's almost like whack-a-mole. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> had a coyote come in and I, and I drilled it and or I thought I drilled it and Tori on film said like, you, you, you completely missed that. <laughs> He's just like looking at me totally like shame filled, you know, like I, I don't even dang Yankee, you know? And 
So I, we're, he keeps playing and he's signaling to me because he's filming. He's like, Sydney, we're going to keep it rolling. And nothing shows up. So then he's kind of like, you know, giving me a signal and stands over. I go walk over to get the call from, we have it hanging from a limb, probably about uh, 10 yards away. And uh, I literally get the thing off the limb. I turn around and Tori's to my left and right where I had been standing 30 seconds earlier. Coyote's walking in, looking. <laughs> Full-grown coyote. Yeah. I drop the call, swing my gun up, but I'd already instinctively put it on safety because I'm, you know, from Illinois. Right. And uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, swing it to go shoot, click. I'm like, ah! And the coyote tears off away from me, which was really a great thing. But yeah. I shoot this thing through all this thickness. Coyote running away from me, and I mean, it breaks all of its legs. Yeah. I mean, it's it's dead, mm -hmm. but I mean, it's just, it hit low and just crushed this thing. Yep. It's shocking the amount of, if, you, if I'd have been shooting anything else, no. I'd, I think yeah. I'd have had a wooden no. coyote run yeah. off. And So, amazing stuff, but... Uh, um, Comes at a cost. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to get out on the street and be like... <laughs> homeless man i'm not homeless not a veteran just need money for apex ammunition yeah but it's a uh, yeah like i said i don't even know what it runs right now yeah it was freaking expensive pre-covid which i mean anything tungsten's an expensive material so yeah. i think tungsten's gonna be expensive but uh i mean you go watch i don't know what it's like used to on their website they had tons of videos or maybe it was youtube i don't remember of like people with four tens dropping shit way out there and everything mm -hmm. else. So I mean, I guess it depends. And there's gonna be plenty of people listening. It's like there's no fucking way. I don't care. Mm -hmm. There's no way. I guess it depends on like how serious you are about your shotgun and uh, yeah. coyotes and. But yeah. I mean they they uh they're pretty big in a turkey community as well. Like, oh no, absolutely. Of the, the lethality of their shot and everything else, but. I still have three loads left. <laughs> that turkey. I've, str I've stretched that out for you don't know how many years. <laughs> so, what size shot is it? Do you remember? I want to say it's a blend of six, seven, I think, or something yeah, like that. The other thing is, like, because it is so lethal, uh, like what you would run in lead, they actually run a little bit smaller in their mm -hmm. tungsten loads yeah. to get more, to get more of uh, more of the shot on target, like yeah. basically. You know, shotgun's fun. Like there's no, you know, I tell people this all the time. Like I, I hung up shotgun predator hunting. I don't, I don't need to use one anymore, but especially since, you know, getting into the SBRs and like short AR platforms and uh, LPVOs come so far and everything else. Like I'm, I'm, I practice enough to where I can run AR like that. But for the people that don't practice much and uh, even the people that, you know, might not ever pick it up again. I advise everyone to shotgun a cow at least once because yeah. there is a certain thing about it, especially if like you can get a bunch of fur flying off of them. It's oh like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, my first cat was a shotgun. I think I probably told the story mm -hmm. in the first, the previous episode. They, um, <laughs> but um, and that is funny. That that was that was the, you know, the one that everyone convinced I was full of crap because it was a eighty yard shot yeah. on a cat with. Uh, Double up bucket, three and a half inch shell. And yeah. The funny thing was, is I thought like, man, I'm pretty awesome. I've tried to <laughs> reduplicate that shot yeah. at 40 yards. <laughs> I can't get a pellet in a freaking pipe plate. <laughs> that coyote oh. had some sin in his life and God was watching. 
<laughs> yeah. And it was like they're, they're just throwing you a bone. Oh like, yeah, totally. This poor son of a bitch been at this for six years. Is about to go <laughs> on some therapy, and let's give him a little kite, yeah. give him a little action. But yeah, no, it uh, it is funny when you make those crazy shots, and then you think you know you have that. I mean, I've been doing it long enough. Even that time I was down here last, and I shot that coyote. Is mm. like. I was just as shocked as the cat was. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good joint. Well, I appreciate it. It was. And I was honest to God, truth, shocked there was a dead cat at the other end. I was like, I might have closed my eyes right before I shot it. I don't know. <laughs> Hope this goes well. Yeah. Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Got my bullet, please. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, just, yeah. I mean, the shotgun thing for me, even today, like, huh. Thought I sucked at shotgun hunting for coyotes. <laughs> Dove's even worse, you know. And it's like, even that point where we had one running right at us. This how how could I have possibly missed that? Huh? Dang banker's gun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the gun's fault. Yeah, dang it. Yeah. If I'd have had that side by side that my grandpa used. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna get you a side. Oh, side. okay. Well, I promise you, you that's okay. gonna happen. Well, I appreciate it. I have to. Uh, so. Let's move on to you live in because we did I, you know we make well listen to it we didn't we never even got into you know where you're living much yeah you know okay. what you're doing there and all that oh, stuff we, we don't have to talk Fitzy, about I thought I asked you to control this man <laughs> we don't have can't, to talk about don't talk about <laughs> cult the cult yes and he laughs about this every time and it's just like. So, and I only do it because oh, like, no, you expected it, me. To. At, at, and the truth is, don't hurt my feelings and don't hurt my, you know. And and it is so. Like we were talking earlier today, and there are people. It is it is this bizarre. Like I don't know how many people you've ever interviewed in this room who like live in the inner city somewhere who are really into hunting. So uh, you're you're the only one. Okay, so huh? and then it's like there is this weird anomaly, and it's been this bizarre thing in the hunting community where it's like, oh, this guy draws really funny hunting cartoons that we can relate to, mm-hmm. and that's like a cool connection. But then when they find out, wait a second, this guy lives <laughs> in the yeah. inner city, Chicago. Yeah, in the inner city, because Chicago people say, oh, I'm from Chicago, Prospect Heights. Oh my God, no, you're not. That's what's, not Chicago. Prospect that? Heights is this rich, wealthy suburb. No one wants to say they're from Prospects Heights. They say they're from Chicago. Gotcha. And, you know, it's like, I mean, I guess it's the same thing in Texas when you have somebody who says, like, they're from Texas and they're from Austin or, you know, uh, one of those other pretty liberal towns where you're like, oh, my God, (laughs) you know. But, uh, they, um, so, yes, it's this weird anomaly that I live in the inner city of Chicago. And then it even doubles down even more when they find out (laughs) (laughs) the man works in a religious community. So, define that. Like, I know you. I know you. I know you told me this last time. Like, like the living situation. Oh, but I, I'm, <laughs> I mean, you don't have if you don't want that shit in here. Oh no, no, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm generally curious, and I've been waiting for the podcast to ask you all this. Oh, shit. okay, yeah, sure. Well, I thought this we were gonna talk about guns. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get to that and rats and stuff. But is what do they call that? The surprise journalism or something? Or the ambush journalism? Ambush journalism. I am experiencing ambush journalism at its worst, people. So Wade Chandler, he's up there with a Geraldo. Have you been watching Geraldo videos? Hey, Geraldo brought the JFK tapes to the, yeah. to the community. Okay. <laughs> well, no, so, the, and, and I don't know how much, so the problem is I'm just, 
the organization I work for is a Christian community that mm-hmm. was started during the hippie movement. And it's based off of just this idea of like people living in a commune together. Uh, started by a bunch of hippies. Yeah. In the in the early seventies. And at the time there was zillions of these across right, America. Yeah. It's like, oh man, this is the way God wants us to live. And yeah. it was this new wave of young converted Christians who were trying to stick it to the capitalism yeah. and um so uh but i'm just gonna say on the outset that i am not an ambassador or a spokesperson <laughs> for this organization <laughs> if anyone in the organization including my wife were to find out that i were speaking on behalf of the organization they would be very disturbed uh so i am not uh, affiliated or uh, endorsed it seems like you're trying to convert me over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wade, drink the Kool-Aid. Uh, they, um, but, so, like, yeah, I'm not. So, you know, okay. But I'm just saying, so basically, I, the long story short is this Christian community lives in the inner city of Chicago. And uh, we live a very unique lifestyle. In the sense that, uh, and I explained in the previous podcast, like I haven't made a paycheck in 38 years, which absolutely blows the crap out of everyone's <laughs> minds. Like, um, and uh, there's a lot of different things that we do live a certain way that people just like, right? Um, but there's lots of lots of ways that we live that benefit, and it's not uncommon just even within our. People, there's communities like this all over the world and all over, right. even in America. Yeah. I mean, there's just tight knit communities, whether yeah. it's religious based or ethnic based, mm-hmm. of people that find it better to work together and live together to get things going. Yeah. And, and, it's, and we even use the word community. It's like the hunting community, right? Right. You know, and even within that realm, just like the hunting community, our community has a fair share of difficult and annoying people <laughs> yeah. who you're like, hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've never been to big cities. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, so, like, when you say community, is like, do y'all own like a a certain set of buildings? You own one big building? Like, what, yeah. what's the so layout? We own like, a, one, the largest building we own is a 10 story building in the city of Chicago. My wife and I live on the seventh floor. Mm-hmm. We own the entire, but the community owns the building. We own a smaller building right behind it that we have like, uh, visiting groups come like we'll have church groups that come from all over the country want to experience the inner city missions trip mm-hmm. so our community also has several businesses that we own and run that's su- that basically right uh, support the community support the community so um there's the basic you know math on that and then we also have outreach parts of our like uh, my wife volunteers at our homeless shelter we run several homeless shelters in the area that um uh so that you know, that's part of our outreach ministry we're not making money off of that right. we're just uh it's part of what we feel is our conviction to help out the people in our neighborhoods and mm-hmm. uh you know the love thy neighbor kind of thing so um but how that all kind of has this bizarre tie i mean i was when i was 16 i left home gave my parents the finger said see you later and just completely making horrible life choices, screwing up. Didn't have pretty much a bright future at 16. And a friend of mine was coming to visit the, this community on a missions trip thing. He's like, you should join me and whatever. So <laughs> didn't have any other options at the time. So I came. I wasn't coming to, like, serve God or right. do the right thing. I just yeah. was like, nothing was really square for me in my hometown. So I moved and 
literally driving in from uh, the airport, I see this gorgeous girl walking down the street, and I'm like, oh, my God. I hope this girl's a part of our, that organization. She ended up being... She ended up being my future wife. It took me four years to convince her <laughs> I was the one. But um, so, but also, like when I came to the committee at the time, several of the people who were sitting on the pastoral board were guys who'd grown up in rural America. They were all, they were hippies, but they were like you're kind of redneck hippies. They right, were like they right. grew up hunting. They looked like they were out of Leonard Skinner or you know, whatever. And they grew up hunting whatever and outdoorsman and they saw the 16 year old kid who was pretty aimless and bored and said hey you should come hunting with us or you should come fishing with us and so i got introduced to this whole world of hunting and fishing and our organization owned properties like we owned some property in southern missouri and then we ended up buying some property in west central illinois where we put on a big christian music festival we sponsored a big christian music festival for 20 something years that property is where I, I cut my teeth in fishing and hunting. And it was really an amazing experience. Like, I, who gets to own a giant... Like, I, myself, I'd never owned an 800-acre piece of land with a giant lake on it. And, right. But because I worked for this organization, and I could be down there as much as I wanted, whenever I wanted, and uh, got started off with making my own bows and arrows and um, hunting deer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these... Pastors and different guys in the community were real supportive and helped me out with whatever they could do. And, um, and so, yeah. And so it's, again, like for me, as far as the community side, it's always interesting because people are very intrigued. And for me, again, like I said, I'm not a, I'm not, an, I'm not, I would never, I, I'm not the type of person who convince them like you should, this, this is the best way to live. Like, right. My, I'm, when we have discussions, you tell me about your work. What I would probably tell you is imagine all those really annoying people that, you know, that drive you insane <laughs> at work. You work with them all day and you come home, you got to eat dinner with them. Right. And you got to share a car with them. And, yeah. And, you know, other things in life. And it is definitely has its times where it's like, I mean, there, I'd say probably a few times a year, I'm just like, oh my God. And, you know, when you offer, like, hey, we'll get you a job down in Texas, it's like, Oh man, you know, but we can uh, start our own commune down there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The compound <laughs> hey, out there, the Wade Chandler compound. You know, Wade Chandler's hunting compound of Texas. Yeah, yeah, there you it's go. It's going to be great. So, um, but my wife really loves living there. She loves the inner city of Chicago. She loves what she's doing. So I'm supportive husband. So was she born there? Mm-mm, she's originally from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. How did she get there? That's cr- another crazy story. Her <laughs> her older sister moved to Chicago to get a start a dance career, and my wife was fourteen and decided that she was done with. Yeah, she's like the uh, Tuscaloosa. She lived in Tuscaloosa, and she just told her parents, "I want to move with my sister up to Chicago." And her she came from a different situation where she really loved her parents and the way that they got along great. But my wife was just born an adult. She right. was very independent. Very. Right. She loved her parents too. She wasn't leaving like I'm running away from home right. where I'm mad at you. She just wanted to experience something else, and she got to Chicago, got involved in a um, magnetic or magnet school. I mean, straight A student, just super smart person, and uh, very independent. And then uh, I can't remember how old they were. I think she was like seventeen when they were looking for a church. They're trying to find a church to attend, and uh, they had heard about this place called the Jesus People, and they thought, oh, they try the previous church they went to. Wait, hang on, pause. Sorry, it's literally called Jesus People. I thought you were just like. Saying that to 
fulfill my needs. No, no. There's an organization called The Jesus People. And when all your listeners Google it, there's a bunch of crazy crap. I just, if if people believe everything they want to read on the internet, have fun in a field day with that because right. it's it's um, there's a lot of people who who've uh, come there and it didn't fulfill their right emotional spiritual needs and so they leave and they say it just and some of these people have real it's it's a bunch of human beings it's a bunch right. of stuff that's like yeah that was screwed up or that was bad or yeah. Um, you know, imagine something with the store where it's like, oh man, they, you know, somebody gives you a Yelp review and they're like, they literally lock you in as though that was oh, the yeah. worst thing. Yeah. And, and you go, you as an organization go, Hey, we see that you're right. We're going to change that. Right. They're never happy. They're no. never like, oh, you know what? No. I made a bad Yelp review and they changed it and all's good. No, they don't do that. <laughs> no. These people still like those. Oh, you know, yeah. It's like, uh, so for me, it's like, I, um, People will get online and then they'll call me and be like, "Oh my gosh, there's a bunch of people saying all kind of horrible." And I was like, "Yeah, well, you believe whatever you want." Welcome you know? to the world we live in. Yeah, right? so. and exactly. And uh, so, again, for me, there's I've never in I've been there for 38 years. I've never been in a position of leadership. I've never been. A, I'm I'm just the I'm a step above the janitor kind of guy. I run their <laughs> I run their fleet of vehicles. I'm yeah. the auto tech. They don't ask me any advice the people run the place they don't ask my opinion i'm just a guy i, I give them my opinion uh in colorful emails and the worst they get the thing that gets them the most angry is i'll draw a cartoon about something <laughs> i mean a while back there had been some stuff going on that i didn't like and so i drew a cartoon about it and i guess somebody's walking through one of the people in leadership was checking their email on their phone and had a coffee mug in their hand and shattered the coffee mug <laughs> when they got the the cup. Oh, they got the email of yeah. the cartoon in it. So, uh, and again, it's another thing too. Like when people want to accuse the place of being a cult, I'm like, well, the the thing I laugh about is how many cults do you know that would tolerate having a guy in their organization who, right. on a weekly basis, draws cartoons mocking them, <laughs> telling them how stupid they are, and what a, what a bunch of idiots and you know, find me another place that does right. that. I guarantee you, like, the Westboro Baptist people don't have right. a cartoonist yeah, in there. No, like, Y'all are no. a bunch of idiots, yeah. you know. And they're like, you know, well, we're just praying for brother, you know, Bill. He's <laughs> he's a little misguided. And he's, he's artistic, which makes it difficult because makes us angry and break coffee cups. But um, he, um, so, you know, and I, it's been a journey for me in the way of, like, I... I don't know how many years ago I just had to, you know, I kind of had this discussion with my wife. Like, hey, how long do we want to live here? I, I really love the outdoors. <laughs> I love yeah. hunting and fishing. I love, I'm, I'm connecting more to a rural yeah. group of people. And and uh, she's always been like, hey, let's just, you know, pray about it, see how it goes. And she pulls God on me there and uh, <laughs> the God card. <laughs> and uh, so, but I will say every time we just, Say, you know, let's uh, pray about it, whatever. I get these opportunities. Yeah. What, you know, I have so many friends of mine, like, you're going out in Texas? Did it, you know, how did you know these guys? Wade Chandler's driving you around and letting you shoot all his ammo up. And, and you know, like, people think that I'm like a freaking uh, a millionaire because, like, uh, I get to connect with people all over the country mm-hmm. who invite me to come out to home with them. Yeah. There's there's people who literally will make 
way more money than I'll ever be able to even see in my own, you know, that don't get that opportunity. Right. Um, and the organization I work for, as much as there's times where they're like, oh, God, you know, Spike's posting another cartoon, um, they are also very supportive. Right. Have fun. I've been getting texts from people. They're like, lay off the cartoons for a while. Hope you have fun shooting <laughs> some, <laughs> some dubs. But uh, they, um, and um, so it's in my mind it's not i would say it's not my ideal like ideally i'd be like to right. walk out my porch every morning and look at the texas sunrise and right have a cat run by as i shoot at them and uh you know but uh i am where i live and and there's also a lot of crazy things with that like living in inner city chicago that's i get experience things that like yeah i mean how many times have you been able to experience a drive-by shooting never okay well <laughs> well depends define drive yeah yeah <laughs> That's not code word for anything in my book. But uh, they, um, you know, just uh, having crazy encounters with people. And, you know, even this is a minor thing, but it has nothing to do with uh, hunting. But uh, a couple years ago, I got into salmon fishing. Mm -hmm. Found out that the harbor, literally less than a mile from my house, raided one of the best salmon fishing harbors in the area. Mm -hmm. Literally less than a mile from my I just put yeah. a backpack on and my... My pole, and this time of year, I walk down there a few times, you know, a week. Lucky if I catch a salmon. If I don't, I help somebody else net one and meet new people. And you yeah. know me, I'm a, I'm a people person, so yeah. I love meeting new people, connecting with people. Um, so it's it's definitely a bizarre and unique um, setting. And even, like, uh, opportunities like, you know, we run this homeless shelter. Uh, um, I did a boys program in the mid 90s ran an after school boys program and uh through that uh program uh, my wife and i would do a thing where we would put on if it was a kid's birthday that uh, day or coming up we would put on a big birthday thing for you know a lot of these kids they weren't getting nothing right so we'd go get a cake and we'd get some toys and we'd make a big deal for these kids they just to a six or seven year old kid is in a homeless shelter it's just like a big lifeline right. you know and, so uh, there was kids who were leaving our shelter who, with their families, were moving out. That you'd think that was a good thing, like, hey, we're getting an apartment, and uh, that were so bummed because uh, they knew their birthday was coming up, and they knew they weren't going to get the same level of. Right. So uh, there was this one kid who was six years old. He's in my program, and his name was Bobby, and he was always uh, uh, gravitating towards my wife. And I just real charismatic, really cool little kid, you know, and. Um, his family moved out. He had like three sisters, and his mom moved out. And like two, three months later, I get a phone call. It's back before cell phones, landline. I pick up the phone, and uh, it's Bobby. And he's on the phone. He's like, "You know what yesterday was?" And I was like, "No, I don't know, Bobby. What was yesterday?" And it's my birthday. I could tell he tell he was reaching out, like right. And I could have gone like, "Oh man, well happy birthday, Bobby. Yeah, I hope you had a good time. You know." I'm not, not obligated to do anything for you now. You've been out of the shelter, you know? Right. But I totally lied to him. I was like, well, Bobby, we knew that. I said, <laughs> and we have a cake and presents waiting for you. And he's like, I knew it. Like he's screaming. <laughs> he's yelling to his sisters. I knew it. I knew it. And uh, I was like, we just don't know where you live. Yeah. We need your address. And he, he gave it to me. And I turned to my wife and said, we're going to yeah. the south side tonight. I'm going to get stopped by Toys R Us and get some cake and some... And uh, 
it literally led into us doing this like every every once in a while we do christmas his birthday any kind of thing we just connected with him and eventually his neighborhood got so violent and a lot of he was turned about 10 or 11 years old a lot of the gangs start recruiting kids and stuff and his mom and i started talking he had a great relationship with his mom and she asked if he could come live with us you know because our neighborhood was less of that still there is some but not as bad but um and so my wife and i helped raise him and his mom also you know we'd bring him home on the weekends and he went to our private school my wife was a teacher there and so she wanted to make sure he had the best education he could get she tutored him two hours after school every day and eventually he moved out graduated moved out went to wyoming university got his business degree living out in wyoming he's living the life i yes. dream about he yes. walks out on his porch in wyoming you know and mm -hmm. he uh has got a new baby girl uh our granddaughter and he you know woke us up uh this january and said introduce us to the to our granddaughter mm -hmm. and uh so total success story total yeah. wonderful thing but you know i would that could have happened outside of the situation in our community right. but probably not like yeah chances are not yeah and so um I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful that our community was willing for me to allow this young man to come live in our community too. It's a risk when you bring, you know, these are people who are raising their kid. And, yeah. um, but, um, Bobby has been just a very big source of pride for us. And, you know, it was, it was hilarious because even this last summer we went back to go visit, uh, uh, him for a week and a half. And, uh, he's gotten to know all the ranch or a bunch of the ranchers in that area and it's it's kind of crazy out in wyoming where it's these ranches that are like half the size yeah. of northern illinois and we went up to medicine bow one day they had a um calf branding day and he he's like a bit he goes out there and volunteers all day and we drove out there and uh there's all these guys who look like right out of lonesome dove i mean they're just like the real deals these are the guys who <laughs> are on horseback 365 days a year yeah. and uh, they're all getting off their horses and coming over and shaking Bobby's hand because he's been volunteering full day of calf tackling and Brandon he's just full of energy mm -hmm. and uh, they all think the world of him and it was hilarious because the ranch uh, matriarch she comes out she's about a 70 year old lady and she was thanking all the volunteers and she's like now how are you and I was like well I'm... Bobby will introduce you me to you as his father yeah oh okay well he told us uh his his parents are coming out today and we've been looking around <laughs> and i was like surprise yeah, we're here. short white guy i am him short white guy she goes well you got a lot of explaining to do you know and so uh <laughs> they uh um but uh yeah no super thrilled and like i said uh there are days where i kind of uh feel like uh, i wish i was in a more well, i wish i was in texas you know right. but i know i'm I, tr I trust that in god's plan that he's always done me right um i have no way to complain or anything so i'm, I'm again i feel like i'm living one of the most super blessed lives just to be able to through cartoons mm -hmm. be able to connect, yeah, like, connect, so connect with people that i would never be able, you and i would have never i mean i'm right. not I, I love TPH. <laughs> White Chandler, will you be my friend? <laughs> you know, and you get, I know you have thousands and thousands and thousands of people doing that, you know, but I draw a cartoon that makes you laugh and it's yeah. like, oh, hey, yeah. you're pretty funny guys. Come on down and uh, go pretty on. Pretty funny city boy. You're pretty funny city boy. <laughs> Arkansas. They, 
They, uh, <clears throat> that was the biggest leap of faith for me is to drive, make that 12 hour drive down to Arkansas the first time. I literally <laughs> did not know if, uh, an ass kicking was still on the All table, right. you know, but it shows you how you, how much, and once you get the coyote bug. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking ass kicking for some quality coyote hunting, you know. How good is it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would not have taken an ass kicking for that dove hunting this morning. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, yeah. Want to be straightforward with you. Yeah. You know, I might have taken a cussing, <laughs> but not an ass kicking. <laughs> It's just a dove. It's Man. just a dove. They're good with a jalapeno. <laughs> <laughs> that freaking $75 popper. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the best dang popper you ever had. Basically, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing that bird shot's not very expensive. Yeah, I tell you. <laughs> but so, backing up, uh, she moves. So, they're looking for a church. Yep. And how did how did she come about the Jesus people? It's the just, Jesus people. A, well, <laughs> it's a bunch of hippies who started it. So Jesus people, the Jesus people, and it's so funny because that has been such a source of hilarity in my life living in yeah. Chicago. Because I'll tell you, my wife. I'll tell you the answer to my wife's thing in a second. But you don't know how many times I get like the did I tell the Jesus story last time. I don't think so. So, uh, one time, one of our vehicle, our community vehicles got towed. Mm-hmm. It was up in Wisconsin. There was a youth group going up there for a ski trip or something, and their their van got broke down. And before I could get there, it got picked up by the state troopers on the side of the highway, got impounded. So I'm making a dozen phone calls, and I'm finally the Wisconsin State Patrol's like, uh, "Come on downtown to our our building. We'll help you find your van." That they knew they had it, but they didn't tell me that. And what yeah. basically wanted to somebody show up to give a bunch of tickets of like abandonment of vehicle, yeah. and danger to public safety, or whatever, all this stuff. I didn't even drive this car. I'm just the guy showing up to <laughs> see if it's runnable. Yeah, totally true story. I I go into this giant room. There's like three rows of chairs. There's a lady behind the window, and th- these people all look like the classic Wisconsin stereotype, you know. And she's like. Um, I'm I'm drawing a blank on this uh, one. Google <laughs> Wisconsin stereotype. <laughs> oh, Mark J. Yeah. 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 Oh, an officer will be with you in a few minutes, and so uh, <laughs> have a seat. So I go sit over in a completely empty room. I'm like first row, second chair, just sitting there. <laughs> I don't have a smartphone. I'm just sitting there. <laughs> Ten minutes later, this officer walks out with a clipboard. He's like, "Hey, sis." Oh, I know where this goes. Hey, Zeus! <laughs> I'm looking around like, did uh, another family walk in? And I'm looking around empty room. The guy's getting irritable, and he looks at me. He's like, you hate Zeus? Like, no. Well, where's Jesus Peoples? <laughs> uh, sir, uh, I'm Tim Davis with the Jesus people. <laughs> Well, hey, who's Jesus? Sir, there's, there is no Jesus involved in this situation, and uh, the guy is perplexed. <laughs> like, it what Jesus. he saw on the Jesus, what he saw on the insurance card was Jesus people nine twenty West Wilson blah 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 blah. He's thinking some dude named Jesus Peoples <laughs> owns his car. I'm having to explain to him it's a religious organization called the Jesus People that owned this. And he goes, 
Why would you name a religious organization Jesus people? <laughs> Son of God. Jesus was taken. Died for our sins. <laughs> That's shit. Son of God died for our sins. Not ringing a bell here. Guys looking at me like I am so full of crap. Like, I kid you nuts. He's like, so then he tells me, like, I can't give an organization a ticket for abandonment of you. <laughs> Definitely not Jesus Peoples. So uh, uh, he's like, you're going to have to take this fine because you showed up. And I'm like, I've never even driven this car. He's like, well, if you work for this organization, somebody has to take. So they take my driver's <laughs> license. They, I go to pay for all these fines, which I will be reimbursed. I knew I'd be reimbursed by the organization, but I go to pay all these fines. City clerk is looking at all the paperwork. I kid you not. She looks up at me and goes, why are you paying for Jesus people's fines? <laughs> I just been like, fucking Jesus. <laughs> he's an oh, asshole. That, that guy, you don't know, lady, the trouble he's gotten me in. Okay. Don't make me go on about Jesus, you Mr. Lady. Peoples. Mr. Peoples. I'm 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 ten thousand dollars in debts because because that oh people's my guy. God. But, uh, you're you're literally just like <laughs> you people run uh, like you're the representation of the state, <laughs> and you can't decipher <laughs> this like. Mm. So um, no, my wife went to. Speaking of Jesus, my wife the the <laughs> church that my wife and her sister went to right before they tried Jesus people was a. Uh, a, a charismatic, or what was the one that you went to again? Uh, Pentecostal. They went to a, a Spanish Pentecostal church. Whoa! That's a whole new level. Oh, my wife said that she couldn't tell when they were speaking in tongues and when they were speaking in Spanish. And she was just like... <laughs> and, uh, they uh, heard about this place called the Jesus People. My wife went to one church service and said, that's where I want to live the rest of my life. And she's just one of those people once she makes up her mind. Man. Boom. Must have been pretty powerful. Seventeen <laughs> years old. I just my wife's not the type of person. She's not the. She's not spooky. She's very. She's very. She's a stoic. Like I told you, she's very pragmatic. Very. But once she's, she reminds me a lot of um, uh, Woodrow Call and Lonesome Dove. Yeah. Once she makes up her mind, and I feel yeah. like I'm. Uh, a Gus, a Gus. Like, <laughs> pretty determined here. Let's see if that determination will get us all the way to the river. You know, it's yeah. like she, once she's focused on something, she, she's a woman, a few words in the way that she ain't gonna, she'll shoot you straight, tell you what she thinks. But, uh, did she, did she say, has she ever, and maybe you don't even want to share this, uh, <laughs> did she say, did she say, like, did, was it like the service or like what? What drew her to it? Like, I don't... And that's, again, it's just, it was kind of odd. I've asked her, and she just, she said she just... Just uh, knew? Just knew, like, this is something the way I want to live. And, and she's never apologized for it. Like, a lot of her family from her side has just been like, again, like, you're, you know, she's had uncles and right. aunts, like, you're living in a cult, and this is horrible. And um, my wife's not the type of person. Once she makes her mind, too, she's not, like, apologetic or going to sway. Right. Like, um and it's been even, this is, again, it's, this is how committed she is. The 38 years I've been there, the 34 years we've been there together, there's been times where people have been horrible. I mean, people in leadership have been absolute assholes. Like, um, I, the best way I explain to these people is watch the show The Office and ex, ex, then put that in a religious <laughs> context. That guy, Michael Scott, like, yeah. we, we have multiple pastors who have been that guy. 
<laughs> and, and guys, like I just want to go across the table and beat yeah. the crap out of them. But uh, we've had times where it's been like pretty rough. Where it's been, you know, um, she ran a store for a retail store for eighteen years, and out of nowhere, they just shut it down. Hmm. No warning, nothing. Just say, oh, we're not going to run the store anymore. Devastated my wife. I wanted to give everyone the finger, like screw right. y'all. Like I, I wanted to beat some ass, like you know, like <laughs> yeah. uh, and you know, talking to my wife, like. And uh, she's like, why would I change my commitment to something because another person's a dick? Right. They're, I get that. Just because they're the boss of something. She says, I answered to the big boss. You know, she's right. like, I don't, I made a commitment in, in her. She didn't make a commitment to these people. Right. She's like, uh, she's, when I say she's the steady rock in our relationship, because I'm way more like, oh, you know, uh, <laughs> kill everyone, love everyone, kill everyone. Uh, and, and my wife's just the steady, you know, and she's like, made a commitment to this. Someone wants to be a dick about it. That's, that's on them. Yeah. And she won't have a problem telling those people, too. You're a dick. She doesn't yeah. over Christianize it like, kumbaya. Yeah. Yeah, she's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't gonna put up with that, you know. Again, she's so much like Woodrow Call is ridiculous, but, yeah. um, but and again, like so crazy thing with that store closed. She went to go start working at our school that uh, we we run. We ran the school for so many years, and she became the uh, she did college prep in high school English. So many kids went to college because she basically tutored them. Mm-hmm. On, on like she they're like freshman year they go into school she would assess them this is all through state right not through <laughs> <laughs> Jesus people not through Jesus people's <laughs> curriculum um this is all through state curriculum that she was going through and she would she would get these kids and they, they were really super but like to imagine having a personal tutor right that comes in and goes hey you're really good at this but you suck at this so let's focus on this and I can't tell you how many kids went on to college because she was able to get them That's the great. personal attention. Then the school came to an end. And then it was like, oh, my God. you know. And that, the second, when the school the, it came to an end, it wasn't because somebody, it just, we ran out of kids. People just weren't having sex enough <laughs> at Hayes' Peoples. <laughs> and uh, um, they, uh, and I, there was another point where I was just like sitting there looking at my wife like, it's kind of a transition area, and yeah. she's like, I, "I'm gonna go start volunteering at her shelter." I was like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "Honey, you're gonna last two weeks at the shelter." She's yeah. like, "She's very organized, super. Like, if the meeting says it's at nine, you show up at eight fifty-five. Yeah. Uh, the people who run the shelter have hearts bigger, just amazing hearts of gold. Wonderful, most disorganized people we ever meet. This yeah. is staff. Yeah." And part of it's because they were working with people who are in chaos. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful human beings, but you try to give them all the time for a meeting, impossible. You all try to go, hey, what'd you do with that receipt? Oh, my God, I think I lost it again. You know, I told my wife, I said, you last two weeks. Yeah. She's been there three years, kicking butt. You know, it's just when I walk over there with her, like people or little kids are coming up because she'll lie and say that her only job is she is a, a events coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, you know that in that movie, um, Shawshank Redemption, the guy mm -hmm. uh, Morgan Freeman plays the guy. If you need something, yeah, my wife's that yeah. person. So if, if a family shows up and they need something, she knows exactly where all the resources. I've always teased her; she's resource acquisition and disbursement rad, you know. And yeah. um, and if we don't have it, she has a budget, and she's gonna get it for mm -hmm. you. And uh, 
she's living out, in my opinion, living out the gospels of uh, do unto the least of these, you know. And you yeah. got a homeless family that comes in. She don't care about the politics about the you know because you have all these people like she always. It's funny because she always gives uh, city of Chicago such crap. It's like, oh, you're a, we're a, what's the sanctuary city? But she won't give us any money to help out all these yeah. homeless people. Yeah. Like, you know, she always kind of sticks it to the more Democrat, liberal people of our community. Like, it's so nice you're helping out the poor. Like, well, you can come over too if you want. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, her, she's just real pragmatic about her, what she does. She don't like to bring, she'd never hashtag herself. She'd never, she gets mad if I ever bring it up. She'll be mad about me talking about this right now. Like, <laughs> why are you telling people about that? You know, yeah. um, but you know, I'm super proud of her. She's she's the type of person she's committed and she don't make a big deal about it. And uh, I'm hoping I skate in on her <laughs> and when we get the pearly gates. Like I'm with her. <laughs> uh, exactly. So they. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it, again, like I said, it's a unique way of living, and I think a lot of people probably have their very strong opinions on either way. You know. A lot of crazy stuffs happened through. You imagine getting a bunch of hippies together who are just right. drug-addled and yeah. just new to Jesus. There's going to be crazy things to happen, yeah. but you know, um, one of the things we've tried to commit to is like I just try to be like uh, most of the people because I'm in the automotive. I fix all the cars. Most of the people I interact with on a regular basis are people in the automotive industry, and um, you know, somebody shows up to start up a new account or the under Hayes's peoples are like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? And, and I told this one I started an account with this one parts company one time and I could tell they had been like ripped off and jaded. They were just looking at me to assess is it's the next guy that's gonna have a ten thousand dollar mm-hmm. tab on us, you know. Yeah. And I told these guys and they looked at me like they were didn't know if they should kick me out of the store and I said, there's two things gonna happen. You take my account. And I said, What's that? I said, Two things for sure, you'll never have to call me about a bill. Yeah, I always pay my bills every Friday. If we don't have the money to to do the work, we don't do the work. Right, it's just how I run my shop. I mm-hmm. never have allowed them. Once I took over the shop, previous guy would just jack up tons of you know. Yeah, that's just I wasn't raised that way. I can't sleep at night knowing I owe people money. Mm-hmm. And I said, and the second thing is, is it for sure going to be happening? Is by the end of this year, I'll be your favorite customer. And the guy's just looking at me like, who just walked in the store? By the end of that year, owner had my cell phone number. He'd be sending me prayer requests. And, you know, just we goof off and joke off about right. sending different inappropriate gifts to each other, you know. Yeah. Um, they just realized I was just a regular human being mm-hmm. that wasn't going to rip them off, was going to treat them like, you know. If I have to return something, you know, it's like, hey, man, I'm so sorry. I don't, you know, I'm not there screaming, yelling at them. And yeah. I never cuss them about anything. Parts late. Don't care. Don't care enough to. I don't care enough about this car to lose my mind on you. So <laughs> you know, they don't. They just. That's like so foreign to them. Mm-hmm. They're used to people just screaming, yelling, accusing them of all kinds. Of, you know. Yeah. So for me, you know, all the stuff, opinions and stuff on Facebook or on, on on the internet. Ask the people that we have to interact with at business levels or you right. know. And so, uh, but like I said. Uh, ideally, if I were to write my story, it'd be one way. But I've I live like right now I'm in Texas and surrounded by an amazing amount of just great stuff and great people, and I couldn't ask for any more. Right, blessed. Yeah. 
Hey, okay, so the last podcast we got into, and you briefly touched on it again, like the guys that got you to hunting and fishing and mm-hmm. all that stuff. At what point did we get into the hunting rats? Uh, I think it was kind of tail end. Uh, Fitzy was asking me about ratatouille, which kind of triggered me pretty bad. And, you know, they, <laughs> they, uh, um, so, and again, one of those crazy things, most of the, I tell people most of the amazing things about my life that have happened in my life, I did not plan for. I yeah. didn't wake up one day and go, you know, I'm just going to start drawing cartoons. I mean, I did make the effort to do these right. things. I just didn't expect the results. Right. But, uh, so in Chicago, in our neighborhood about 10 years ago, they just, the uh, city's doing a lot of tearing down old buildings and stuff and rebuilding condos and stuff. And, uh, well, Thousands and thousands of rats became homeless, and they're going to look for a new place to live. And the 10-story building we're in has a basement with laundromat, has uh, offices and some food storage stuff. And people didn't even want to go in the basement. And they're terrified. I mean, just it was like the Moses plague of rats down in there. And <laughs> and these rats just didn't give a crap who you were, what you know. And uh, I had, you know, lived in Chicago for that many years. I, you always see rats around, but it's, yeah. I don't know why I never, ever connected to thinking about hunting them. It just, because <laughs> yeah. I'd go down to this property and hunt deer or coyote yeah. or whatever. And so uh, the building manager at the time came to me and just said, hey, man, we're desperate. We've, we, we've set up poison. We've set up traps. Nothing is slowing these things down. They're just becoming more aggressive, more bold. Uh, would you, as a hunter, see what you could do about this? <laughs> You're like, mm. oh, and, and, and again, like, <laughs> yes, I, I am a hunter. <laughs> the, yeah, again, I always laugh at all the people who are anti-gun or anti-hunting. The minute you, they you have a rat in your basement, yeah, wouldn't freaking care if you used a nuclear yes. bomb. They would be like, so. Um, and it's the part that's hilarious about the story to me is when they asked me this, I, just, I borrowed an air rifle from a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, old Benjamin pump, Tim pump. And, um, my wife heard about it and she goes, I want to join you, which <laughs> it's weird to me. You can be married to somebody for so long. Think that like my, if someone were to ask me in advance, I'd say, Oh, my wife wouldn't, if you yeah. offered my wife $10,000, there's no way she's going in that basement. Yeah. My wife was ecstatic. She wanted to, <laughs> who stole my wife's body? Yeah. Uh, her only, prerequisite was that i had to have uh she the chair she was sitting in and another chair she could put her feet up on if she didn't want to rat run across her foot i'm like i didn't tell her this but i'm like you do know they can climb a chair like right. like in a lickety split like, like, probably jump yeah. Up <laughs> yeah oh exactly so i'm like well we'll see how this plays out so uh we went in the basement and had a little date time and uh, oh yeah oh yeah you know romantic time down yeah. in the pantry and uh, my wife has way better eyesight than I am, so she's, like, pointing them out for me. She was my, my spotter, and she's got a book, and we're just popping, just killing rats. Like, And she, just, she thinks it's the funnest thing in the world. And yeah. uh, um, But that kind of started something right there, like, oh, my gosh. Why I can am- hunt in my building. In my own house. <laughs> like, imagine if you're like, I yeah. can go right down yeah. below my house right now and hunt wild pig or, yeah. cow, you know, so... Um, and with most any animals, and, it, and, and right now your viewers are going to be like, this guy just kills rats. Like, <laughs> big deal. But just bear bear with me. The, uh, 
this was a whole new eye-opening hunting yeah. experience because most people who hunt rats do like the snap trap and decon, and yeah. they just they they belittle the animal into just thinking it's just a pest and a rodent, which they are. But you know they use these in laboratories and experiments, and mm-hmm. these are very smart creatures. Yes, and I had my eyes opened up really fast to how smart these animals were. Uh, how like they're actually pack creatures. Yep. There's a dominant male. There's a dominant female. Um, and of course, I made every mistake, just like anything like deer hunting, coyote yeah. hunting, pig hunting. Make every mistake. You get online, start asking questions. Thankfully, I got into some good advice from a guy in England who's runs a channel who kills more rats than I'll ever see in my entire life. But more rats than Parvo. More rats than Parvo. <laughs> um, he. Uh, Wait, I, I told Wade one of the things that they had said and you'd said in a podcast that I was triggered by <laughs> was you he was talking about the whole thing about the podcast about uh um Predator Hunt and Save My Life. Predator Hunt and Save My Life. And at some point he's like oh, I mean not like in a Jesus way or anything. Which to me it, it's always bothersome to me to believe that God can't connect or reach out to somebody through something outside of church. That, that we believe, and I'm talking as Christians, people yeah. believe that literally the only place you can meet Jesus or have a relationship or an experience or even just a continued relationship is only in a church setting. Don't believe it. You know, I was like, if Wade never went to church day in his life and predator hunting saved his life, I, I still would consider that a Jesus thing myself, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's so much absurdity in that, like where you'll accept one truth but you're able to ignore so much BS. Yeah. Um, and then somebody's like calls you out on it and they're like, I mean, you're like, bruh. I, or the other thing, uh, I saw, there's a couple of these people, and I know you probably do this too. Oh, for yeah. sure. Where you follow certain people just because it's so over the top ridiculous. And I rarely ever uh, engage in these people because I, then I knew I would become a troll. <laughs> But uh, there's this guy I follow on Instagram who's just out of his mind, but he's always talking about what pleases God and what doesn't please God. And did you have the pipeline conversation this morning? But he had this whole thing about, like, um, here are the reasons that God approves of you for missing church on Sunday, and here's the reasons that are an abomination. And according to him, I mean, he's not even coming close to why I'm an abomination. You know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> But... Uh, and people are literally, I'm just, what terrified, I would normally just scroll by on that kind of stuff, but what terrified me is the people are legitimately writing him saying, like, I'm in the medical field, and uh, sometimes I have to work on a sat- on a Sunday. Is that still okay? <laughs> like, they're asking his permission. Yeah. So, I, at that point, I was like, screw this crap, I'm writing in. So, <laughs> I wrote on there, and I edited it. I edited it, because I knew my wife would be hurt. She'd be really sad. Originally, I was going to write, now, what if the strip club I attend is only open on Sunday mornings? Is that a legit reason? But that would really hurt my way. So I wrote, uh, what if the casino I gamble at is only open on Sunday mornings? Is that a good reason to miss Sunday church? Guy never responded to me. (laughs) People were... Liking that on his line, like people were, you know, there's people who obviously doing the same thing I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Like, this guy yeah. got it going on. Yeah. And then some guy's like, ugh, you <laughs> sinful boomers. 
<laughs> Why do I keep getting called a boomer? Okay, like, boomer. I just. Oh, uh, I should show you the email that was like. Your cartoon is through my scattered website. Scattered doesn't. Your cartoons are shit. You fucking boomer. <laughs> I literally keep that email because when I feel like maybe I'm just not doing enough in life, <laughs> I look at that and it warms my heart. I just like. Good night, selves. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to bring that up on the podcast later here. But oh, this is all on there. <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay, you're recording. Okay, you're good. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, it's it's. Uh, well, it's funny how quickly though the uh, that stuff uh, slips into like the whole like idolatry and like you know oh. all the, and you're just like, okay, this is so counterintuitive. Yeah. Well, and, and as telling, wait, human nature doesn't change in whatever field it is in. Yeah. That elitism. Because we're pack animals, and and again, that would be people like, oh my God, you just called us pack animals. We are created in the image of God. Yeah. Um, but we are people who are tribal. Yeah. So uh, we're always there's in that tribe. There's always people who are looking for approval within their tribe, and generally from someone who's a strong figure mm-hmm. in that tribe. And so if there's a very loud, very uh, opinionated person, uh, <laughs> I'm just glad Wade accepts me. I'm just saying, Wade told me I was okay. <laughs> you can be one of my apostles. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was at his feet this morning with the doves. You know, I went running out to get his doves. <laughs> true story. But Wade said, bless you, my child. For the kingdom of heaven is yours. Bless those who seek my dove. <laughs> you may enter the pearly gates now. So, uh, no, but again, it's it's whatever group. I don't care what group you bring up. Religion, mm-hmm. cat hunting, long range shooting. Well, so-and-so thinks I'm okay, so, you know, I'm just seeking out this approval. And then at some point in time, either there's certain people who wake up like myself. I, I looked for that a long for a long time in my life. I just wanted, you know, people's approval. Because I was working in a religious setting, it was my pastors and older Christians, and I had this ting moment one day in my life where I was like, "I believe most of these people are full of crap." Yeah, <laughs> and and thankfully, because what usually happens in that situation, most people just they throw out baby Jesus with the bathwater, and they just they they become atheists, they're embittered, and I still love I love Jesus even more now, but I. I had this whole new way of looking through life. Like, oh, you tell me you're a religious person or you're a pastor? Mm. I'm smelling some crap. <laughs> and uh, uh, just don't don't buy into it. Yeah, I think uh, that's... I mean, I've seen the documentary uh, God's Not Dead with Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. And even him at the end, like, despite you know him being the antagonist, like the whole point of the movie is obviously at the end he gets saved. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because everybody... It's all about like... Obviously, I think most people are messed up in different ways. Mm-hmm. They're looking for something to like fill whatever hole they have. Absolutely. And some of those people happen to be religious, mm-hmm. and <gasps> it becomes more about like trying to be what they think a religious person would be like mm-hmm. versus you know just like I'm religious. Oh yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Well, so that 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 literally circles back to my thing of like the Wade saying. Uh, predator hunting saved my life because Wade was very honest about how the poor choices he had made yes. previous. And, and like you said, we're all, we all have a hole. Yeah. 
And to be honest, like Louis C.K. says, you, know, you just at some point in time it hits us like how pathetic our lives are. <laughs> Uh, and um, what do we use to fill that hole? We yeah. all, we all are searching for something to fill that hole, and some of those things are um, productive, and but majority of those things are just absolutely like like you know, again with the drinking thing. Like ninety um, percent of the men in my family tree were alcoholics, and. Uh, um, you know, part of that's this, uh, a lot of our men in our family tree have this thing called rumination disorder where we just, our brains are on all the time, just thinking negative thoughts. And I was just talking to a friend of mine who's a psychologist the other day, and I was like, I've been doing this sober. Literally one of the only men in our family tree <laughs> fighting this demon sober, mm-hmm. and it's a bitch. But, um, they, but again, uh, so like somebody says like oh well I don't feel that with drugs anymore but now I've I've come to Jesus but is it a personal relationship or are you filling it with religion yeah because what religion all religion is is approval from men faith is approval from God however you want to like again that's even a whole other thing too like people like you got to say Jesus because Jesus spoke English. And uh, uh, <laughs> what? Uh, or the KJV people? I love the KJV people. Like, you, have you ever heard of Greek and Latin and uh, Hebrew? Um. So, um, what if Jesus showed up and he was like, "Get pasolero"? Oh yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> but again, it's like uh, Jesus people. Jesus people. All of my Hispanic friends, I have Hispanic friends that don't even speak English. They get that story. I literally would be telling them that story, and they're like trying to. Yeah. The minute I say Jesus people's, like, <laughs> and they will call me Jesus people's from then on. Like, no more Tim Davis. You Jesus people's to me. But, uh, and so, like, I, you know, the thing that with the previous podcast where Wade said, you know, predators hunting saved my life, do I. Uh, I don't want to get a Jesus moment here, but for me, it's like I believe God uses those things because it literally is bringing out the best in Wade Chandler. That doesn't mean like, oh, he's got to be in church every Sunday. Oh, Lord. You know, it's, um, uh, that's maybe not the best Wade Chandler because what ends up happening is then you become like super pious, super I'm better than everybody. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, the, back to the joke of the bluegrass on, you know, <laughs> on Fridays, you know. Like, how absurd is that? Literally, that you would think that you could, God would be worried about whether you're going to listen to bluegrass on Friday. <laughs> and, and and I guarantee, Wade and I were talking about this today. I guarantee you that dude's got some deep, deep crap that he's hiding. Yes. If he's got to resist listening to bluegrass on Fridays to cover up for what? <laughs> What are you overcompensating for? Put him for? over the edge, that bluegrass. Man, Lord. but what are you overcompensating for? Because how many people in religious settings who come off super pious, this is plays through again and again and again and again in the media and in churches everywhere. The most righteous, pious person in church comes out as like uh, adulterer, child molester, mm-hmm. uh, stealing everyone's money. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'd rather just hang out with a bunch of people who are real and authentic. Yeah. You know, just like, yeah. You know, this is who I am, and um, if you don't like it, that's too much for you. Well, yeah, I mean, it comes back to the, if you're so concerned of, like, what a religious person looks like, there's obviously an insecurity there. Absolutely. And you're trying to, like, 
like why are you like you're even thinking about it that way is just like like not conducive. So you might know who quoted this. I told Wade this morning. I listened to some philosophy in the morning, uh, but uh, I heard this quote about a year and a half ago, and I spaced out and didn't hear who actually made the quote. But it was a lightning bolt moment for me, and it's helped me reshape a lot of my worldview, even through my faith. Is um. This philosopher said, a majority of evils in life are birthed out of insecurity. Big facts. Hmm? Big facts. And so, like, even with, again, like, so how this ties in for me on a biblical context is Adam and Eve were in the garden, ate the apple. Women. (laughs) I tell you. (laughs) And uh, so. (laughs) Couldn't listen. Yeah. Could keep your woman straight. They, uh, um, Adam, Adam's over there in a wife beater. <laughs> uh, like, well, why weren't you with Abe? What were you doing over in the bush there, Adam? <laughs> trying to trying to hit, listen, trying to get trying to get away from her. <laughs> yeah. So they, uh, but then you know they're kicked out of the, the garden and they're not in fellowship with God every day. Massive amounts of insecurity. Yeah. Their son kills their other son because his his uh, offering isn't as good to God as his brother, so he's insecure about it. Kills his brother. So again, it just it gets into society when you look at all these everything from like crazy stuff like Taylor Swift. No, sorry. Uh, they um, uh, no, they uh, crazy celebrities who do insane things to their bodies, to their just trying to get that notoriety. Yeah. What's the next thing they got to do to up their game? Uh, total based off of insecurity. Well, yeah, because it's you're trying to reconcile either their internal perception with the external perception or what they perceive the external yeah, perception. Yeah, absolutely. Mean. And so then it gets down to even like just me looking at certain people, like, um, you know, when I see stuff online of people who in, in the predator hunting world, where it's like. Um, who you can just tell within seconds the main driving force of them being in predator hunting is to overcompensate for their insecurities. Oh and my gosh! I saw a post. Uh, it's, I, it, I didn't click it until <clears> you <throat> were saying that. And this guy it was on a photography forum, and he was more or less just like calling all these people out for. It's very similar to the not real hunting. So it was like. That's not real photography. You guys have your digital <laughs> stuff and, you know, mm. you're not shooting all this old manual stuff. And he was effectively laying out how everybody <clears throat> is essentially the, the insecurity. All these people are having to go back to old things like film photography, mm-hmm. carbon steel knives that you have to sharpen all the time, uh, fountain pens, mechanical watches. And all it is is they're, they can't compete in the modern world, mm-hmm. and so they have to go back to what they perceive yeah, to be so. better, mm-hmm. just so they can. Uh, <laughs> like if if it would have been back then, I would have been good. You know, it's like that kind of thing. Yeah, and I so, think he's and, speaking directly to you, guy who constantly talks about that's not real bread hunting with your mouth calls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, if you would try a mouth call, you wouldn't be as good as I am with my mouth call. And again, it's one of those things for me where I, I love a challenge and I love doing things like crazy just to try. Like I've hunted, um, I've, even with the rat thing, of course, I'm, you know, air rifles, awesome. But I thought, I'm going to take it to another level, try slingshots. I'm going to try uh, a blowgun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've shot them with my bow and arrow. 
More but, importantly, would you would you use a drone? Would I use a drone? <laughs> uh, well, the reason why I wouldn't use a drone is just the the learning curve on how to fly that sucker. <laughs> what it gets down to for me is like it's that instant switchover from like if it's a religious thing, it's like well, God, I you know Paul addresses this in the New Testament. It's like uh, if eating um, uh, food food that's sacrificed to idols stumbles, don't do it. But don't don't diss your brother who doesn't have a problem with that, you know. And there was a lot of separation early on in the church. There was insecurity, of like, well, what does it mean to be a Christian? Do you eat food that's sacrificed to idols or not? And um, that's laughable to us now. It's like I'm eating whatever Brooke's putting on the table, you know. <laughs> but um, I don't care if she sacrificed that to Baal, to Muhammad, or Ganesha. I'm gonna eat it. But um, they, um, if it, you live out your own conscience, but suddenly if it's so, like I have to now crap all over people, you are instantly announcing to the world you're deeply insecure and uh, you probably should go get some therapy. But um, <laughs> you can tell these people that they just somehow, they just, you know, uh, I was telling Wade today, it's like the guy who says, it's not real coyote hunting. Is the same guy in my church is like that's not real praying. Yeah. Like, what? Who gets to who? Wh- when do you get to tell me what God's gonna hear? So, uh, it's ridiculous and over the top, and um, lots of cartoon material. These people like literally <laughs> don't realize that when they do this crap to me, whether it's hunting. I had a guy trash talking me about baiting rats. <laughs> what? That's not real rat hunting. Yeah, too. again, and I'm like hunting them what? high fence rat ranches, <laughs> dude. There's so much like yeah, I totally want to get a like a thing the yeah, size of this put table some dude in a city. with a air rifle and just start yeah, shooting. Yeah, with, you and, gotta get you gotta get the 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 feeder thing has to happen. Oh yeah, no, I made a Moultrie feeder one time, a miniature Moultrie feeder. Uh, they were using a bunch of my cartoons at one point, and um, I got a can. Painted it green and had a buddy of mine who made a label and I had a little thing below and a tripod and I'd like to actually be able to film it where the rats come in. I'm like, you know. But, oh, that could be a whole thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, the high fence the rat high hunting fence rat is hunting. definitely. Um, but so back to the rat hunting, you know, of us, like, you know, this kind of started taking off because, of course, word spread like spikes willing to go where no one else is willing like no one <laughs> besides his wife as long as she has a book and her legs are elevated uh, they um uh i would go down for it just became this addiction you know for me and oh, i know yes. for you too like yeah. you said once you get focused on something it's hyper focused yes and so i mean i just started reading everything i could um my buddy um mark Olis had been given a gamo 22 uh, break barrel mm-hmm. that he was never going to use again that just to review for an article and so he's like hey man take this 22 that thing I mean it would loosen your teeth when you shoot <laughs> it's just like I mean yeah. I, I've shot freaking high powered rifles that didn't kick as bad as this thing and that's how uh, the first little pellet gun I got for my kids was like that and I 
I let him shoot it once and I put it away. Yeah. And we went to 22s after that. Oh, yeah. No, you shoot a 22. It's like, oh, this is, like, this is sweet. Yeah. This thing was like just jar your teeth. And mm-hmm. I told you the story about the kid who kept looking, got it, kept getting his eyes close to the bar, uh, to the scope and cut big 13 yeah. stitches. And 